From the New Media Project at the NYU School of Medicine, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, seeing vitreous with triamcinolone. We started to apply this triamcinolone uh, during the surgery and really detected that uh, the peripheral fibrils of the vitreous can totally be removed. First this. The Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education requires a financial interest disclosure before any CME activity. Dr. Chalik declares no real or apparent conflicts of interest. Do you enjoy the programs you hear in this podcast? Why not contribute to the conversation by calling our listener response lines? Share your expertise about an issue we've discussed by calling. In the United States, dial area code 646 808-0231. That's a local New York number. In the United Kingdom, dial 020-7558-8275. That's a local London number. You can also ask questions of any guest who has appeared on the podcast. Then your question will be relayed to the guest, and your question and the guest's answer will appear on the following podcast. Go ahead. Try it out. It's cool. Remember those Saturday morning cartoons in which a malevolent ghost was made visible by coating him with flour? Vitreous is our evil apparition. Sucked in through an aspiration port or incarcerated in a wound, it can develop tension, eventually leading to retinal detachment. But, like the cartoon ghost, Vitreous's evil power lies in its invisibility. Make it visible, and it's impotent. On today's program, Leader Chelik describes a technique of using triamcinolone to reveal vitreous during pars plana vitrectomy and phacofragmentation. We begin our conversation with a discussion about lens luxation during phacoemulsification. How common is luxation of the lens nucleus during phacoemulsification? As far as uh, we know, in Turkey, we have 1 to 2 percent lens luxation. This is either total or partial. We have luxation of the nucleus during surgery. 1 to 2 patients out of how many? Uh, Out of 100. What are the risk factors for luxation during cataract surgery? Well, among those cases we have seen, the most important ones are presence of phacodonases, iridodonases, or the presence of surgery exfoliation, or the mature white cataracts are quite problematic during surgery. And one other important risk factor is, we think, the presence of posterior polar cataracts, which decrease the strength of the posterior capsule of the crystalline lens. The mechanism of luxation with pseudoexfoliation is dialysis of the lens zonules? Yes, we think that way. Mm-hmm. The zonular weakness caused by the pseudoexfoliation may cause, in some cases, the luxation of the lens or the zonular dialysis. What is the traditional treatment for luxation of the lens nucleus after phacoemulsification? Well, in ordinary ophthalmology centers where only anterior segment surgery was performed, uh, the cases were sometimes closed without doing anything and referred to posterior segment centers or some surgeons prefer in case of presence of some anterior capsule remnants um, inserting an intraocular lens 
They are touching the luxated crystalline lens segment and then referring to the posterior segment surgery. And when uh, when this is a posterior segment surgeon, the surgeon can combine uh, can convert the surgery instantaneously to a posterior segment surgery uh, with a echofragmentation procedure uh, by performing first total pars plana vitrectomy and then cleaning the uh, luxated nucleus segment. What are the risks that are involved in this traditional treatment? When we first started performing this phacofragmentation, endophacofragmentation I mean, we saw that some vitreous fibrils are coming into the phaco tip and it is quite difficult to remove them from the tip once they are aspirated by the machine. So the tractional forces on the retina cause quite easily retinal tears which later result in retinal detachment, which is a quite important complication in the surgery. Leader, what are the risks of not treating? Well, when, uh, when this uh, luxated segment is more than one quarter of the total nucleus, it is very probable that this is going to cause uh, inflammatory reactions, different kinds of vitritis, uh, or with this uh, inflammation, secondary increases in intraocular pressure are the most important complications in the uh, long-term course of these cases. Can small lens fragments be left in the vitreous without taking them out? Well, we think if this is smaller than the one quarter of the total nucleus, they can be left without any problem in the long term. What about other lens components like the cortex or the epinucleus? Well, they cause also uh, inflammatory reaction, but we think this is going to be a result spontaneously or with uh, other means of topical anti-inflammatory drugs in three or four weeks without any other problem other than nucleus, I mean. Can I get you to describe the design of the study? Well, in fact, this study started uh, with an observation of the visibility of the vitreous fibrils with triamcinolone acetonide during other uh, retinal surgeries. When we first discovered uh, that the vitreous fibrils come into the phaco fragmentation tip during the uh, luxation surgery, we thought that these fibrils can also be made visible with triamcinolone before inserting the phacofragmentan tip and then we thought at least this component of the complication for uh, retinal detachment can be prevented uh, with triamcinolone. So we had patients which were uh, referred from other centers and we started to apply this triamcinolone during the surgery and really detected that uh, the peripheral fibrils of the vitreous uh, and the vitreous base can totally be removed this method and we thought it is going to be a safer surgery and then we, we started to administer this triamcinolone for all the surgeries later but this was a, in fact not a prospective randomized and a control study this uh, was in fact uh, observation of 12 patients during the surgical courses of our senior surgeon and we wanted to present this as case reports 
and perhaps later this study can be enlarged for a case control study or a prospective randomized study. But in fact, uh, we think it is not going to be good for patients without using this triamcinolone for this kind of surgery because we really observed good effects. What were the demographics of the cases in this study? Mm -hmm. Uh, We had 12 patients during this study and their mean age was uh, about uh, 78. Seven of them were men and five were women and almost all of the patients were from the rural uh, areas of the city, uh, which were villages, and all of them had some findings which are prone to complications during cataract surgery, such as pseudo-exfoliations, zonular weakness, or matureness of the cataract. In these 12 cases in particular, why did the lens nuclei luxate? The most important risk factor was the weakness of the zonules, which were previously, during the preoperative examination, uh, this weakness was detected. But the surgeons, the cataract surgeons, still went on for these surgeries, and the risks were, I mean risks, these risks um, resulted in the complications during the surgery. Sometimes total uh, luxation of the nucleus in one, two, three, five to six, six patients, and in three patients, three-fourths of the uh, nuclei were luxated in the vitreous cavity. How was the triamcinolone prepared? This triamcinolone azotonite uh, we use in the surgery is not prepared specially. We use the commercially available triamcinolone and draw about one and a half or two milliliters and inject into the vitreous cavity and then we start the trachectomy. The commercial preparation is the 40 milligrams per ml or the 10 milligrams per ml? Because we do not leave any triamcinolone in the vitreous after the surgery, we do not care about this concentration. It is just for creating a visibility of the vitreous. My question on the preparation of the triamcinolone is whether you washed the triamcinolone prior to use uh, because of the preservatives in the commercial preparations. The preservative materials, as far as we know, cause, uh, and we already saw some literature about that, to rise inflammation when they are left in the vitreous cavity. But during the surgery, no material uh, of the triamcinolone, whether the chemical itself or the preservatives, were left in the vitreous cavity anymore. Leader, can I have you walk me through one of these procedures? I can do that. Okay. This was a patient with a white mature cataract, and we uh, expected the presence of complication during the surgery, but started then conventional fake emulsification surgery with staining of the anterior capsule with trepan blue and made a very good capsule axis and then started the fake emulsification by inserting the tip into the anterior chamber but at the same time the white mature cataract luxated into the vitreous cavity without any fake procedure and then we sutured the cornea, 10-0 monofilament, and then converted the surgery to a parsplanar vitreotomy surgery uh, with a general anesthesia. Uh, this was a case uh, which we encountered uh, after this uh, study, which is a newer one. 
And we started the standard pulse planovitrectomy surgery with three sclerotomies and first performed the core vitrectomy, then injected about one and a half milliliters of triamcinol acetonide to make the whole vitreous material visible to the naked eye and then tried to clear all the vitreous and uh, also the peripheral vitreous at the until uh, pars plana, I mean, by indent- external indentation. And when we are quite sure of cleaning all the vitreous fibrils, then we started the endophagal fragmentation with administration of about one milliliter of decaline to make safe the macular region and remove the nucleus uh, from macular region. This endophagal fragmentation of the heart nuclei takes some time during the surgery. Well, in this case, it was about uh, 10 to 12 minutes to clean all the nucleus material. Then we checked the peripheral uh, retina for the presence of any tear during the surgery, but we saw that there was no uh, unexpected complication. And then we closed the sclerotomies and inserted a foldable in uh, intraocular lens to the sulcus region in front of the anterior capsule and uh, then ended the surgery uh, without any complication. For the two, 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 two and a half months follow-up of this patient, still we did not see any complication, but the best corrected visual acuity of these patients uh, are uh, not as good as the uncomplicated surgeries. Now, Leader, when you first put the triamcinolone in, your view is completely white because the triamcinolone itself will obscure your your view. Do you then wash the triamcinolone out of the eye? Yes. With the help of this vitrectomy prop, uh, we wash first the uh, excessive triamcinolone, like performing a core vitrectomy, and then the small particles uh, which are staying on the retina or uh, vitreous fibrils to really help us totally cleaning for totally cleaning of the uh, vitreous. Do you administer the triamcinolone only once during surgery or, or would you consider using the triamcinolone before the phacofragmentation and then again after phacofragmentation to make sure that no other vitreous strands have come forward? Until now we uh, administered it once for uh, cleaning of the vitreous, not the second one we performed yet. What was your standard postoperative regimen for these patients? For uh, about three to four days, we we administer uh, antibiotics and topical antibiotics and steroids every two hours, and then decrease the daily regimen to four for three to four days, and then three for one week, two for one week, and go on like that in case of any other unexpected problem. But we did not see any until now, like endophthalmitis or things like that. How long has the follow-up been with these cases? Well, until now, we uh, followed this 12 patients in the study, uh, which is now printed in the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery Journal, and another six or seven patients, we have more uh, after this study. Uh, It has been more than uh, six or seven months for each patient, 
and still we do, uh, don't have any uh, retinal detachments in these surgeries. Were there any untoward events that occurred as a result of the administration of the triamcinolone, things like increased intraocular pressure? No. Uh, in fact, we did not uh, expect this increase because uh, we, we do not leave any chemical during the surgeries. We saw this increase uh, in those cases in which we inject the triamcinolone for for example, for diabetic macular edema or kystoid macular edema, and leave the triamcin alone in the vitreous uh, cavity. But uh, because we wash out all the triamcin alone, we, in fact, would have surprised if we have seen such a complication. How common is retinal detachment in vitrectomy with uh, fragmentation generally, if, if, if you don't use triamcin alone? Well, in the previous studies we uh, read in the literature, literature uh, it has been said that this percentage is 3 to 10 percent uh, with the surgery after uh, luxation uh, of the crystalline lens. We have 3 to 10 percent retinal detachment after postplanar vitrectomy. What is the mechanism for retinal detachments in these cases? What, what actually causes the detached retina? think that this retinal detachment uh, most probably occurs from the tractional forces uh, of the uh, vitreous material on the retina. And the first cause is the luxation of the uh, nucleus itself. During this luxation, uh, the fibrils which are traced by the nucleus while it's dropping onto the retina uh, may cause this traction on the peripheral retina. Uh, and then during the postplanar vitrectomy surgery, as I told before, the phaco tip aspirates whatever uh, comes onto the tip of the uh, phlegmaton. And this is perhaps the most important cause of the retinal tear and detachment because the Transparent fibrils are sometimes not easy to see for the surgeon's eye, and this uh, is an important factor, we think. Has triamcinolone been used for the purposes of visualization of any other posterior structures? We have some other senior surgeons in Turkey who use this triamcinolone for peeling off internal limiting membrane, for example, for macular hole surgery. Uh, and as far as we saw from them, it works. Are there patients who are particularly well-suited for this procedure? Well, in fact, in all of our parcelana hysterectomy surgeries, we use triamcinolone. Uh, nowadays, well, in fact, except from vitreal hemorrhage, we quite always use this triamcinolone uh, when the vitreous is clear to make uh, the vitreous visible really makes things much more easier for the uh, retinal surgeon, either uh, for diabetics or macular hole surgery or posterior retinal detachments, uh, well, uh, the retinal detachments with posterior uh, tears. In every type of uh, retinal surgery, vitreal retinal surgery, we prefer nowadays this triamcinolone because it is also cheap and not much for the expense of the surgery. We really prefer triamcinolone. What are your recommendations to ophthalmologists who have not yet done 
vitreous visualization with Triumph Cinelon? Because we did not see any untoward effect uh, because of using this Triumph Cinelon. We really recommend our colleagues using this chemical during their vitreoretinal uh, surgical interventions. It works quite well and uh, helps us really great during the surgery. Are there particular surgical tips that you want to convey? One important thing is uh, administering this triamcin alone with a blunt-tipped cannula because uh, otherwise we may easily uh, cause any uh, retinal tear by ourselves. Blunt-tipped cannula uh, should be preferred during administration and we think using this triamcin alone during surgery uh, is not a difficult procedure and adds no more complication risk for the surgeon. Leader Chalik, thank you very much. We would like to thank you also. Leader Chalik is an ophthalmologist at the Retina Center in Izmir, Turkey. His paper, Staining of Vitreous with Triamcinolone Acetonide in Retained Lens Surgery with Phacofragmentation, appears in the January 2006 issue of the Journal of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Ask questions of Dr. Chelik or any of our previous guests, or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Call our listener response lines in the United States dial, area code 646-808-0231. In the United Kingdom dial, 020-7558. 8275 or Skype JYoungMD. Those numbers can be found on our website as seenfromhere.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the New Media Project of the NYU School of Medicine and is edited by Joe Fry. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.